Day had long since passed the night, and the lights from a civilian Piper plane lifting off from the nearby Sherman airfield were almost the only evidence of activity. It was quiet now, but a violent storm front that had been on the radar for a while was howling in from the north. Another system that had sprung up in Texas was barreling toward the Midwest like a brakeless freight train. It would soon meet its northern counterpart with devastating results. The entire area was already hunkering down in anticipation. When the two rampaging fronts met three hours later, the result was a storm of shattering proportions, with jagged lightning slicing sideways across the sky, rain bucketing down, and winds that seemed to have no limit to their strength or reach. The power lines went first, snapped like string by tumbling trees. Then down came the phone lines. After that, more trees toppled, blocking roads. The nearby Kansas City International Airport had been shut down ahead of time. All planes empty and the terminal full of travelers riding out the storm and quietly thanking God they were on the ground instead of up in that maelstrom. Inside the DB, the guards made their rounds or sipped their coffees in the break room or talked in low whispers, exchanging scuttlebutt of no importance just to get through their shifts. No one thought anything of the storm outside since they were safely inside a fortress of brick and steel. They were like an aircraft carrier confronted by gale-force winds and heavy seas. It might not be pleasant, but they would easily ride it out. Even when the regular power failed as both transformers at a nearby substation blew up, plunging the prison into momentary darkness, no one was overly concerned. The massive backup generator automatically kicked on, and that machine was inside a bombproof installation with its own underground power source of natural gas that would never run out of juice. This secondary system came on so fast that the short lapse did nothing more than cause jittery fluorescence and a few pops on surveillance cameras and computer monitors. Guards finished their coffees and moved on to other gossip while others slowly made their way down halls and around corners and in and out of pods, making sure all was well in the world of the DB. What finally got everyone's attention was the total silence that came when the foolproof generator with the endless supply of energy and the bomb-proof installation made a noise like a giant with whooping cough, and then simply died. All the lights, cameras, and consoles instantly went out, although some of the surveillance cameras had battery backups and thus remained on. And then the quiet was replaced with urgent cries and the sounds of men running. Communication radios crackled and popped. Flashlights were snatched from holders on leather belts and powered up, but they provided only meager illumination. And then the unthinkable occurred. All the automatic cell doors unlocked. This was not supposed to happen. The system was built such that whenever the power failed, the doors automatically locked. Not so good for prisoners if the power failure was due to, say, a fire, but that's the way it was, or the way it was supposed to be. However, now the guards were hearing the clicks of cell doors opening all over the prison, and hundreds of prisoners were emerging into the hallways. There were no guns allowed in the D.B., Thus the guards had only their authority, wits, training, ability to read prisoners' moods, and heavy batons to keep order. 
and Nalwa's batons were gripped in hands that were becoming increasingly sweaty. There were SOPs, or Standard Operating Procedures, for such an eventuality because the military had procedures for every eventuality. The Army typically had two backups for all critical items. At the DB, the natural gas backup generator was considered a fail-safe. However, now it had failed. Now it fell to the guards to maintain complete order. They were the last line of defense. The first goal was to secure all prisoners. The secondary goal was to secure all prisoners. Anything else would be deemed an unacceptable failure by any military standard. Careers, and along with them stars and bars, would fall off like parched needles from a Christmas tree still up in late January. Since there were far more prisoners than guards, securing all of them involved a few tactics, the most important of which required grouping them in the large...